Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the first ever bonus episode of Phase Zero. This doesn't count towards our episode. Now we still wanted to. We're going to do a few of these every year. This is our first. We're going to have at least three more this year alone. After this, uh, we're diving into Black Widow. I'm your host Brandon Davis. Joined today, going from top to bottom, Jamie Jarak is here. Hello, Jenna Anderson in the in the in the Zoom room. <laughs> hey, everybody. Aaron Perrine. Hi, guys. All right, everybody's here. The Fantastic Four have assembled, as Evans Larson has pointed out in the Twitch comment section. We're going full spoilers on Black Widow. This is your warning. If you haven't watched the movie yet, our podcast will be available in podcast form later. You can download it on any major podcast platform. Listen to it over the weekend if you don't want to watch us live because you aren't one of the cool kids who got out on Thursday night to see it in IMAX like the rest of us. Uh, But we're going to go in. We're going to go. Around the horn here first, you know, we like to start with the reviews. Aaron, you're at the top of the screen, so you're lucky number one here. Give us your, uh, say whatever you want. Spoilers are allowed now. Black Widow review. <laughs> um, so I guess as the person among us who had not seen it before, <laughs> I really, really enjoyed that. I was really blown away. I am a little bit dubious of all of you for not mentioning that Ohio plays such a key role in Natasha's backstory. Um, as a person who really, really loves the state. Um, I just, it was so enthralled. I was wondering when they announced this, I was like, what could you possibly add to her story that would make us really like add more to her than we already had and her being gone. And it just accomplished all of that. The action was really visceral. I could, I could see multiple people as, especially in that first fight with Elena and Natasha, like going at it in that, in the kitchen, people like, visibly like uh flinching when she would like hit the wall and when that part where they get the um the curtain around their necks like the double the double hold it was really amazing i don't know it was so cool it was so gritty it was awesome all right jamie jamie hit us with your thoughts oh i loved it so much i mean florence Pugh just the way she stole every scene and rachel vice i just have the largest crush on that woman and uh, (laughs) watching her like be the mom was really great and uh my own i wrote this in my review but my only complaint about this movie is that it, it has a pretty weak villain and i don't really care about taskmaster Taskmaster, like I don't have opinions about the specificities about just as a movie, it wasn't the best villain. But other than that, I don't really care because the core four of them had such good chemistry. I don't need an iconic villain. I just want this family to sit and banter for two hours. I just true, true joy. <laughs> Jenna, what'd you think? I, oh my gosh, I loved it so much. What I loved the most was the fact that, like, we've sat on this movie, we've waited on this movie for so long, and every rumor and every leak, it feels like it was wrong. Like, I went in expecting a completely different movie, just in terms of the various twists and turns, and, like, who Taskmaster would be, and what the family dynamic would be, and everything that we got was just so much more meaningful, and, like, 
earnest and like interesting to watch. Like, like, like Jamie said, I could just watch all of them sit around the table and talk for two hours. Like just the dynamic of that family was so fascinating. And the, like, we'll, we'll dive into it later, but the arc of the story itself and like the way that the villain was handled, I think works really well. I think it's something that is very powerful to see in the MCU. And the fact that we finally have it is really, really interesting. And like, if anything, like my boyfriend and I were talking about it, we almost wish this movie was a little bit longer. Like it's almost crazy how much more stuff they could have expanded on. But like as it is, it is so great. Like I love it so much. Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, I think Scarlett was tremendous. It was it was so nice to see Scarlett Johansson like after so many years in this role finally like get to really do something. You know what I mean? Like not be a sidekick. Like, she really showed that for all these years when she wasn't getting a movie as like Natasha being the front of the movie, she deserved it the whole time. This was an interesting story. I thought Scarlett did a great job and it was just complimented and maybe at times outshined by Florence Pugh's Yelena and David Arbor's Alexi. And I thought Rachel Weiss as Melina was cool too, but those first two, uh, Florence and David Arbor, I thought were so charming in their parts. They brought a lot of uh, like, just part like, like, Alexi specifically did something so horrible in the beginning of this movie by handing over those two girls to the red room. But then you still, by the end of it are like, is this guy redeemable after something like that? Like he just, it's so like, he's a delusional oaf. Like he's just a big dumb idiot who just like wants to feel important. And he's just not. And he like, maybe he just starts to accept that and you start to come around to him. Um, but I agree with what Jamie said about taskmaster. I don't really have, I'm not like a big, Tony Masters purists, but uh, I thought that they're just, maybe it's because there just wasn't enough of Taskmaster. Like it just didn't feel like Taskmaster was this looming presence threat that was supposed to feel claustrophobic. I felt like they wanted it to feel like Taskmaster was always looming, but I never really felt like there was a real danger when Taskmaster showed up more than any of the other grunt soldiers. So, but I did like what they, I do like how they tied it together though. I like how they made Drakov's daughter, uh, the identity of Taskmaster. And that's a nice way to tie it back to the Avengers when we first heard that line from Loki. I really appreciate that. Um, so yeah, I mean, overall, I love the film. I thought the third act got a little too crazy and the VFX were lacking uh, in some of the shots of them parachuting and, and skydiving. But, uh, you know, it wouldn't have been a Black Widow movie if she wasn't falling from the sky. <laughs> I was waiting. Uh, I, I knew he was going to say it. Be, I did, if you took that out of the movie, I think it would have been better. I think it really would have, if you took that whole falling sequence, like, if what if she just caught Yelena and then we didn't have Taskmaster swimming, swimming through the air like Jaws? Like, what if they just landed and we didn't have that ridiculous? <laughs> I think, I, I don't think I needed that, uh, that big fight scene in the air, but... But Yelena or, or Natasha clearly has no fear of heights. She she was fighting through the air. It was cool to see that. Um, but I think I would have been better off without that kind of CGI filled uh, sky battle in an otherwise completely grounded movie. I love the grittiness, the Winter Soldierness of it all. You know what I mean? Totally. I what I do love though, I love the fact that like the red room is a satellite in the sky. Like that reveal was genuinely that is the most comic booky thing for this movie to have done because that feels like something that you would read in like a 70s or 80s comic of like, oh, this very grounded spy agency is just hidden up in the sky and you don't even notice it. So I was willing to kind of like overlook the CGI and kind of the weirdness of that whole setup because I was just like, this is just so this is big in a way that still makes sense for a Black Widow movie, but it also also makes sense for like what comics usually are. So I, I, I liked that detail, but I totally agree with you at the same time. Yeah. I mean, the CGI doesn't ruin the movie. Like Black Panther had 
all like just bad CGI in the third act. Those rhinos, come on, they didn't look good. But that didn't make Black Panther a bad movie by any means. Like didn't didn't take away from Black Panther being great. So I think that that's just something. Obviously, you don't want to see that, but it happens and it's forgivable sometimes, you know. But uh, all right, now let's talk about the future of the MCU because this movie definitely uh, set that up in a, a lot of ways. But it seems like Yelena is gonna be the future. And I look, I see smiles already. Jamie, Jamie, what's going on? Tell, tell us about your... Uh, uh, that end credit scene, I, I forgot. We knew Julia Louis-Dreyfus was coming, and I, but I forgot. And <laughs> and so I just... But the way I lit up, that was so fun. And I can't wait. I mean, I don't think that Yelena and Hawkeye are going to... I'm sure that they're going to work things out. But it's fun to know that she's going to go into that show trying to kill him. I bet she makes a hell of an entrance. Like we're going to be like two or three episodes in or something. And it's going to be a completely different story. And all of a sudden, Yelena is going to come bursting in and beat Clint's ass. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just looking forward to seeing Yelena and Kate Bishop interact. Like, I feel like the two of them are going to bond over being annoyed at Clint. And I feel like that aspect of that dynamic is going to immediately just be amazing. Did anybody else find it weird that like Yelena finally got freed from this red room and like these these missions that are very questionable at best, often worse than questionable to work to working for Val like sometime in that in that time span between pre Infinity War and post Natasha passing away. So that could be 2023 or beyond. She's already working for Val. Like She's already doing missions as an assassin. I thought that was I don't know. I thought that was kind of weird. I don't know. I see it as like that was something that she probably like over the course of the the blip and like the five year span, something might have happened that like led to that being a thing. Like that was kind of my headcanon is that like she survived the blip and that was just how she was kind of like making a living in the meantime. And so I don't know. I it it makes sense to me, but it it does feel kind of weird now that you put it that way. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I I I hadn't thought about it, but it does. I mean, it's kind of like Natasha. I mean, she went to work for shield and you know, it's what they know. It's what they're good at. Yeah. It's hard to, I mean, you know, and we still don't totally know what Val's motives are. We're probably not good, but, <laughs> but uh, Yelena might not know that she's young. She might be getting manipulated again. Yeah. I mean, that's like what you see, like when soldiers come back from war and decide to go back to war because they, mm-hmm. that's, that's what they know. Uh, Aaron, what do you think of the post credit scene? Any takeaways? Um, I am very interested. So for people who don't know, um, this was supposed to be the introduction of Val, but the pandemic mm-hmm. kind of turned everything on its head. So you had to retool some parts of Falcon Winter Soldier to give her introduction then so that this would make sense. Um, I am interested in how it's going to all play out in Hawkeye. Um, I hope everybody's seen the other Disney Plus shows because <laughs> my girlfriend was like, what? I'm confused. There's a Hawkeye show coming out? What's the, what, why do they have Jeremy Renner's glamour, glamour shot on an iPad? And I was like having to explain that Haley Steinfeld is going to be in a Hawkeye series with a dog and them running around learning how to be Hawkeye. Um, but I, I feel like we're really gaining some momentum. Like the funny thing is that we haven't gotten a lot of huge reveals about like who the next big bad is supposed to be. But if you're paying attention, there are little, there's little breadcrumbs being dropped for you on a number of different fronts. Like, do we have like half the young Avengers now? And we have like a good third of Thunderbolts or dark Avengers or whatever it's going to be being assembled in the background too. 
And then who knows next Wednesday on Loki, maybe we'll get our big bad. Who knows? We don't know. So <laughs> it's, it's a lot of stuff getting built. Like I know that there are certain people who are like, what's going to happen? Like what's the big next threat? And I'm like, I feel like that's coming, but we are still getting small incremental things across the way, you know? Mm-hmm. You know that Dottie in our comment section really hates Val because she called Jeremy Renner cute. <laughs> but you listen, you said that was a glamour shot of Clint Barton. He looked tired in that photo. Mm-hmm. I think Hawkeye has been going through it since losing <laughs> Natasha and clearly getting ropes back into something after trying to retire. My theory is that his wife left him. Oh. Because in, in some of the, like photos we've seen his mm-hmm. kids are have suitcases and he's in new york i feel like his kids are coming to visit him okay. um i feel like uh his wife was like you killed a whole lot of people while i was blipped and i'm not really comfortable with that scenario that's just my guess i think he's going through a divorce <laughs> now that's I want to see that storyline that's great yeah, that's a good yeah. theory that's a great way to put him on his own like just you know kind of down and out just him and his dog in mm-hmm. uh in new york uh, I, I did. Uh, I did catch that they, uh, Yelena's dog was named Fanny, which was a reference to the Fanny Longbottom passport that Mason got for Natasha earlier in the movie. So that was a nice little touch, a little Easter egg within the movie itself. Uh, let's talk about Drakov. I mean, just a vile, 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 awful, misogynistic prick. I mean, can I, is that a too bad of a word? I don't know if that's a bad word. Um, <laughs> he's just not a good person, so you don't use good words to describe him. Props to Ray Winston, Winston, Winston for a, a, an incredible performance as this monster. Um, we talked to him on set, and we're not I, we're not allowed to like say we're, the interviews are still are not allowed to come out. But we talked to him on set, and all I'm going to say is he was like a super nice, kind of funny guy. Like he was super chill. He was nothing like Drakov. So if you happen to see Ray Winston out in the street, don't go at him like he's like he's Drakov. But he did this role. I mean, I, it was so intense. Like. I, I, it was dark. It was dark. I, I the, the, the little monologue that he has to Natasha in the third act, like every time I've thought about it since I first watched the movie, it just like chills down my spine. Like every time I think about it, I'm just like, this is just, I am, I'm so glad that we have a villain like this who is his literal entire ethos is just misogyny. Like that is just all like, he is so horrible because he is just so fueled by misogyny. And that's, I think why I like the taskmaster reveal at the end of the day, because it further like proves the extent of how willing, like how much he's willing to do of he's willing to turn his own daughter into a super weapon to fuel his own misogynistic agenda. And so like, I, he, he did such a good job with just the little bit that we saw that I, I'm still just shook every time I think about him because he just did such a good job. That's such a good point. And I, it's, I struggle with the villain because, because he's so not redeemable and you guys know I love villains and it's just the first villain in so long where I'm like, I'm not putting his poster up on my wall, you know, like, okay, I guess I I did agree. I do like that the reveal of that, that the daughter reveal. I did think that was cool. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who are upset, like purists about that. And I totally get that. But it was, it was difficult for me to be like, Oh, he's, he's just, there's nothing fun about him, but that doesn't have to be the case. And Jenna, you're totally right. I think it is a cool, um, uh, it is a cool thing direction to take where it just, he's, misogyny uh, my friend brought this up and i and i think it uh, was a good point i kind of wish that the widows had ki- had like stormed him and killed him rather than him just blowing up i think that would have been a more poetic death mm-hmm. just each one just walks by and shanks him one time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little prison shank session Jeez. oh my gosh uh aaron what'd you think of drakov 
I mean, the slimiest of all the Marvel oh. villains, right? Like, isn't he number one with a bullet now? Like, yeah. he has to be the worst. Has to be. And I was Thanos isn't there. even this bad. Every <laughs> other Marvel villain, it feels like they could be redeemed. He is just completely like, no, there is nothing good about this villain. And I think that's what I like so much because there's so many comic villains where it's just like, you're just, you're just bad. You're just a caricature of this thing. But yeah, Aaron, go ahead. I mean, it, it does seem to be like a thing where it's like, no, no, no. But like, for real, there's no like, oh, well, they kind of have to put no, like we fully broke the mold on the whole Marvel. Yo, I'm a person who might have had a point at some part at uh, <laughs> some point in the past, but like went about it the wrong way. No, you're just evil. You got to go. And I thought Brandon was right, too. When the widows came in, I'm like, it would be a really good moment for her to go ahead and aerosol eyes, whatever this thing is, and have all of them just destroy him. But we don't we don't get it. Instead, he gets to perish in a fireball inside of some weird like hella jet. So it's still all right. It's okay. When his glasses came flying at the screen, I bet that's hilarious in 3D. <laughs> Wait, the glasses were 3D? Oh my god! No, I, I haven't seen it in 3D, but I bet you if you do, they come popping out like a like a ride at Universal. Oh god! Oh, god. Uh, I, I thought that whole sequence, like when he was beating her. I was just like, wow, this is dark for Marvel. This is heavy, intense stuff. This is like a commentary uh, like in your face on domestic abuse and, th- and, and abuse of power. And it was just like, I- I'm, I'm proud that they didn't shy away from it. I'm really happy that they were, were bold enough to go there and show it in the way that they did. And it just made Natasha clearly such a strong character. And for her last film, the film she fi- her, the last film she's in, the first film she finally got, like she emerges as this, tough as nails, like story complete, freed from this awful past character. And I love that they they broke that, like she got that, that leash off completely. That was really refreshing, I, I thought. Uh, but when she severed the nerve, when she smashed her Ooh. face on the table, uh. I was just like, ah! <laughs> 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 I, I don't even know what else to say about it. I was just like shocked. You covered it. Oh. <laughs> oh, that did, was that did, was. Has anybody else played those like Tomb Raider, the Tomb Raider reboot games? I've Any watched my boyfriend ones? play them. So, yo, this movie has very, very sly shades of that, where you're just like feeling bad for the character the entire time. She's just a pin cushion. It's like, why? <laughs> Please stop hurting her. This is not good. Like, uh, it's so. And then not only did she do like the bang, like let's sever the nerve. She reset her nose. I know. Just like a G, like, uh, all right, we're good. All right, let's get this this uh, floppy disk thing and get the heck out of here, jump drive or whatever it is. I was like, uh, this is insane. Uh, uh, oh, gosh. We're going to go through uh, Easter eggs in the second half of the show here. Uh, we're going to take a break in a, in a, in a couple minutes. But um, if you one of them that I had there that I just want to bring up now is when it's, she used the same exact skill set and tactic that she used in the Avengers with Loki. When she got Loki to reveal that his plan was to unleash the Hulk on the helicarrier, she did that exactly. And she got Dracov to unveil his whole plan, thinking he was in control. He went on this power trip. And then she ended both of those situations by saying, thank you for your cooperation. Like genius, great writing. Love that, that parallel. Uh, so, yeah. I, I don't know if anybody, did you, I, it seems like you guys oh, noticed yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Love that. Uh, we covered the thoughts on the Taskmaster change. I mean, I'm uh, my my issue, like like we said earlier, isn't really that they changed it. I'm not a Tony Masters purist. I would love to see more of that uh, 
photo, photo re- photographic reflexes in action in the MCU. I think there's a lot more room for that to be an impressive superpower. We just didn't get it here. Like Taskmaster was a fine villain, but certainly not in the top 10, 15, maybe. Like there's just- And not even really the villain. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of a, a yeah, exactly. That, that, you make a great point. And um, I mean, it was cool. I mean, it was fun to like the mask come off and was like, "Ooh, a woman was doing all those <laughs> cool things." Uh, I, I enjoyed that aspect of it because she did have some cool fight in her. I just like, like you said, I wish there was we got more of it. I wish we had seen her really go for it. I also think it doesn't help when all of the trailers that we got over the past like two years of waiting for this movie really focused on the Taskmaster fight scenes. And so it feels like by the time I saw the actual movie, I'm like, I've seen most of this in one context or another. And so it still is cool, but like, I'm not surprised necessarily by anything that Taskmaster was doing. But like with the thing about changing the character, I can't see how you could have done OG, like comic accurate Taskmaster and had it still fit the plot of the movie and the message of the movie. Because I feel like you would have lost something if it's... It's like, oh, and here's this random dude that Drakov is using to manipulate all of this these women. I feel like you would have lost the plot a little bit. Fully agree. And I actually, I talked to the writer about that. I can't, like it's under embargo, so I can't share it until Monday. Uh, but I, I do have like the explanation for, for why that happened. And, and we'll be able to run that on the site uh, on comicbook.com slash Marvel on Monday. And also this feels like a really good time to announce that next week, after the, the first half of our show is dedicated to the Loki finale, the second half of the show will be Jenna and I talking with Black Widow writer Eric Pearson for a whole half hour. So if this isn't enough deep dive into Black Widow from our (laughs) perspective, we are going behind the scenes with the writer of the movie in next week's episode of Phase Zero, proper episode 27. Uh, Immediately following today's episode recording, uh, Jenna and I are going to go record (laughs) that interview. So that's really cool. Happy about that. Uh, Now, we we also talked about Acts 3. Um, my, My perspective was that it didn't lose me at all. Like, it didn't make me not like the movie anyway. I love the movie. But I felt like it was the point where the movie became it lost its groundedness and it started to be a little bit like, all right, we're up in the sky. The red room is up here. Nobody ever found this. And we have like gods and iron man and all this stuff, but we didn't find the red room. So I I had to suspend a bit of disbelief there, but overall I'm okay with it. Like did any, what did you guys, what did you guys think of the third act overall? I I do have to say to your point of like, how did none of the other Avengers find that? Like Yelena literally has the line of like, Natasha, you're an Avenger. Why didn't you like bring the other Avengers to like come help us and like liberate us in the Red Room? So I think like, I think the fact that nobody had discovered it until the events of this movie kind of like says something more about the how the movie is talking about like feminism and internalized misogyny and everything of just like nobody thought to look and figure out what's going on with the red room and so it was just hiding in plain sight basically yeah yeah aaron third act do anything for you um i really thought that i I just really enjoy that this phase they seem to be leaning more into like the goofy comic book stuff that wouldn't have flown in earlier phases of the mcu literally Um, like, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Brandon. Um, uh, let's, I, I just, I really enjoyed all like the visceralness of like the entire thing. Also, classic opportunities to do spy movie, double, triple cross stuff that <laughs> you do, would not have gotten from like the trailers. Like none of us could have guessed like, oh yeah, that's how it's going to end. Like it's totally going to be this giant floating fortress in the sky and she's going to use her, you know, Black Widow mind trick on him to make him give up the plot 
and then we're all going to scamper out of here as we crib. Is it, Jenna, is it one of the Black Widow comics? There's a really famous uh, scene where she like jumps out like the Space Needle or like a building mm-hmm. and does the same repel trick out of it. And I'm uh-huh. like, yep, we're just going to crib that. <laughs> For this wonderful and have her swing back into the building from one level of it to another which was like insane i was like this is so cool this is it's so like i don't know if i needed like i i think i do put i'm picking up what you're putting down brandon about it like we just lost all the grounding from the <laughs> past hour like now we're in full mcu territory again where she's made out of rubber and her mom is made out of rubber too because she took all the falls and stuff like a G. And I was like, that's wonderful. Poor David Harbour too, getting used as a pinball. <laughs> just it went it just it went from Fast and Furious one to Fast Five in in, in two hours. See, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> I mean Fast Five's the best one. So Fast Five exact Fast Five is the best one. I'll I'll fully agree with you. Uh, this actually this comes from a comment. Uh, and this actually was my next talking point. So I'm going to give credit to our, our viewer, though. Anthony Manzano on YouTube said uh, uh, he wants to know about Yelena as a hero, maybe not a villain or maybe a villain. Is she going to be a part of the Dark Avengers or the Thunderbolts? Anthony thinks Dark Avengers. I I think I, I actually it's such a toss up. I really don't know. Like, it, I think that she's going to start out in the dark because she thinks it's right. And I think she's going to realize it's wrong. And I think it's going to be like a similar arc to Natasha um, realizing the errors and then becoming a good guy. I mean, I don't know. I feel like you have Florence Pugh. You're going to make her a hero. You're going to make her the star of your franchise. That just Mm -hmm. makes the, the most sense. Fully agree. Fully agree. I saw film Twitter getting mad. There was a tweet about, um, Florence Pugh is the is a breakout star of uh, Black Widow, and it was like a photo of her having fun on set. And I was like, I understand where this is coming from. Like most people don't still don't know Florence Pugh. She's a tremendous actress. Midsummer, she's a Academy she's a Award nominator. Yeah, yeah, she's a big deal. But I still listen. I still think you could go ask majority of people. They won't know who Florence Pugh is, and now mm-hmm. a lot more wow. will because that's just that's just the way it is. I'm sorry, a lot of the women in Midsummer people. <laughs> hey, Midsummer is. Whew. Mm-hmm. But uh, but <laughs> listen, I, I do. I, I see where that tweet was coming from. Uh, no, last thing before we take a quick break, before we jump into a, a quick rundown of all the Easter eggs. No Avengers cameos in the movie. I'm okay with that. It, uh, this was Natasha's story. Maybe Clint could have been in a flashback for Budapest, but like even then, was that like, his voice? Yeah, in we the heard car? him for like yeah. a second. Oh, was it? Yeah. When, like, know. when she's waiting for the little girl to go I'm into like the building. I'm like 95% sure he's in the credits. So, like, that definitely was his voice. Yeah. I'm going to look at it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pulling it up on Disney Plus because, yes, I saw it at IMAX last night. <laughs> yes, I also have it on Disney Plus. Uh, I'm going to the credits right now. So, uh, feel free to carry on while I am distracted. <laughs> uh, any other Avengers cameo would have taken me out of it, like, completely. Like, it would have just distracted from what was going on. Like, I think this was the perfect way to tell Natasha's story and still have it fit between Civil War and Infinity War without really, like, retconning anything or wondering where the other Avengers were. If they had shown up, I would have just been like, why? This is pointless. We always have these discussions around these movies now. Like it's always like a big argument amongst the community about whether it's realistic to have people running through New York and then Spider-Man not show up or we're here and they don't have any money. So why isn't Tony Stark paying anybody any money? Like, uh, I, I don't know. I think she would have to do this by herself. I don't think it would have helped to have, you know, 
freaking Chris Evans swing through and be like, all right, cool. And then do that weird handshake thing from Predator with freaking David Harbour. Like, it's time. Let's go. It doesn't, it doesn't fit. It's not that time. I, I, after Civil War, it makes total sense that she would do this on her own. I mean, yeah. it's it's all come crashing down when she it can handle it. It's not like it's a god from space that she's fighting. It's just some dude with a, some technology. Like, I think that it, it, I, I don't think it needed that. The only place I could have seen an Avenger cameo fitting in would have been in that pre-credit scene where it felt like the movie was over. And then we got a scene before the credits when she was riding the motorcycle in the Infinity War mm-hmm. uh, hair and vest. I thought maybe she was going to ride up to Steve Rogers and they were going to go decide to break the Avengers out or something like that. That's the only real place I could have seen it. And that would have been a nice touch because I, I think the purpose of that scene as it was, was to show that Natasha really was like a glue that held the Avengers together. So I thought that was cool, but that's the only place really, but also to your point about the money, how the hell was she paying Mason? (laughs) (laughs) This dude was showing up with Quinjets and helicopters like that I bet Matt can cheap. easily rob a bank and she's fine. She's <laughs> in and out of there. I, I'm pretty sure she can rob a bank. I'm not. I don't see Jeremy Renner listed in the huh. regular cast. Uh, I'm scroll. I'm just. I'm just going to keep it going. But I'm all the way down to art directors now. Oh, Droughts persons. Uh, visual development. Visual development concept artists and illustrators. And I don't see Jeremy Renner. So huh. maybe maybe it was just a secret. Maybe they didn't credit him. Uh, was it's was not Paul on IMDb? Betty? Huh. Was Paul Bettany credited for Avengers Endgame when he did the voice of Jarvis? I don't know. I don't know either. But it was, I know that that was Paul Bettany's voice, so that would be a good thing to reference for this. Uh, but yeah, I'm okay with the no Avengers uh, cameos. I, I do want to know what happened with the Robert Downey Jr. rumor that like a deleted scene from Civil War was here. Mm-hmm. I, I, listen, I'm... <laughs> I, I, I don't know. This is I have nothing to believe that this is uh, that these two things are connected. But part of me, like my, my, my theory hat gets tight and I'm like, did he think he was in this movie and going to get paid for Black Widow? And then they cut it and he found out last week and unfollowed everybody. No. <laughs> he, that, it's so clearly a business move. He's still following everybody on Twitter. I'm just, I, I, I'm just kidding. Partially. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, but I do wonder. I'm upset about it though. And it's like, don't worry. I think RDJ is fine. Yeah, that was a hot rumor though that he that a deleted scene from Civil War. It's such an oddly specific rumor that had so much traction. I don't remember where it originated, but uh, that was a, I don't know. That, I, I wonder what happened to that. But anyway, no Avengers cameos, and that's okay. The movie was still fantastic. This is a great opportunity for everybody who's watching live to drop their rating of Black Widow out of ten in the comment section. Follow us on Twitch, Twitch.tv/comicbook, and if you're listening to us in podcast form please consider following us on Twitter at Phase0CB, leaving a five-star review and dropping links to our show on your social media channels to help us grow because that's how we get awesome guests like next week's Black Widow writer, Eric Pearson, followed by a special Loki guest the week after that I'm still trying to confirm, so I can't say just yet. We're taking a quick break. See you in a second. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your 
time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome back to Phase Zero's bonus episode, taking a deep dive into Black Widow. I'm your host, BD, joined by Jamie Jurak, Aaron Perrine, and Jana Anderson. We're all very excited that you're here. We're happy we're here. We have three more bonus episodes coming up this year. Unless Kevin Feige wants to do an hour with us, then he can have a bonus episode anytime he wants. Uh, all right, we're going to talk about Easter eggs for Black Widow. We are still in full spoiler mode. Uh, Jenna, if you want to help me run through these, I'll rattle them off with you. The first mm-hmm. I want to say is young Natasha was played by Mila Jovovich's daughter, Paul, uh, Paul W.S. Anderson and Mila Jovovich's daughter, Ever Anderson. So that's a cool little Easter egg right there in itself. Like, not really Marvel-related, but that's cool. That was good casting. I know. She, she looked did like such her. a good job. Like, yeah. I love knowing that Natasha was this, like, little punk rock kid with, like, dyed hair and just... Always that, loves to dye that hair. <laughs> I know, but it was just, like, that energy that she gave in, in the small segment that she was in the movie just, like, completely, like, added more shade to just who Natasha is as a person to me. So I, I loved her. I thought she was great. There's that whole that might be my favorite like cold open movie. I have I, I think I have to really think about it. I want to make a list, but that I loved that opening so much. And, and then going into the Nirvana cover was sweet. Yes. I thought that uh Ever Anderson really convinced me she was a young Natasha. Like it just felt like this is Natasha. This it didn't feel at, like out of place at all. And I really appreciated that. All right, what's next? What do we have here? Um Red Guardian stole the map of the basal ganglia. The from from the North Institute, which was a shield like HQ slash front. Um, but it was actually being run by Hydra, according to what they said. But in the comics, the North Institute was actually like an HQ for widows who were hunting Red Room trainees. So that's that's an interesting little swap there. So they do like to change up comic stuff. And the last one I want to point out here while we go through this is. Uh, when when Ross was hunting Natasha, just as Tony promised he would, to, Ross would in the last scene they had together in Civil War, she said to him, what is this, your third triple bypass? Which was a straight up reference to the scene in Civil War where Ross was lecturing them about, you know, being out of control heroes and they need to be government controlled. He started that story by saying he was golfing and had a heart attack. So that's just a straight up callback to that, too. So. Uh, I, I appreciate connections like that. Jenna, if you want to, if you want to take um, us. Yeah. So um, you wrote this down and I had totally forgotten about this, but the, the agent that frees Yelena's mind is uh, Oksana who in the comics marries red guardian and is then killed by Rhino. So that's just kind of a cool little character that we're going to sprinkle in there. And then um, Natasha in her little RV is watching Moonraker, which is the James Bond movie where Roger Moore, James Robert, Roger Moore's James Bond goes to space to stop the world's population from dying, which, as you pointed out, sounds very familiar in the grand scheme of things with Natasha's story. I also really love that scene because I love, like, the box of hair dye because I know any woman who dyes their hair knows, like, you buy the box of hair dye and then you sit with it for, like, three days before you actually dye your hair. And so I, I just loved, like, I loved how they, like, layered that in. Go ahead. 
Also, she's going to need some bleach. She's not getting yes. that blonde over that red with just that box. Absolutely. <laughs> just putting that out there. Yeah, that took days just to get that yeah. to, to happen. Yeah. Um, and then I know, do you want to take the princess bar, Brandon? Because I know that that was a thing you were very <laughs> hyping up on Twitter this morning. Listen, I was watching this movie last night. I didn't catch this on the first viewing. When I was watching it on the big screen, I saw when the car crashed into the subway station in Budapest, there is a store or maybe a bar or whatever it is called Princess. And I was like, yo, wow, it's really good to see that Wolverine's bar, the Princess Bar, is doing so well that they're not just in Madripoor because we saw Princess <laughs> Bar in Madripoor and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Everybody lost their mind and they were like, X-Men Easter eggs. And then I saw it last night. I was like, yo, Princess Bar. Like Wolverine, it's in Budapest. Uh, it turns out Bo- Princess, whatever that little shop is, is a real world location it, that they just didn't change the sign for when they were filming down there. And is this is strictly just a coincidence. Unless... Kevin Feige saw a chance and he took it and said, you know what? The Princess Bar is a global alcoholic distributor. They get people <laughs> drunk at Madripoor and they also pour shots in Budapest. And next time, listen, next time I go to Budapest, which if, you know, if that ever happens, I am absolutely going to find the Princess Bar and take a picture with it. Now I need an episode of Bar Rescue where they're dealing with Wolverine and like all of the other people who own that bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they would be, you know what make a great Disney Plus show just like a like a like a reality show type thing like just I don't know putting the like just kind of like the office. I guess WandaVision touched on that, but just a fun thing where you're like putting the Avengers in uh in like reality show situations, like game shows and stuff. That'd be funny. Uh now I'm off topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh who would be the best at a, who would be best at like family feud oh, from God. the Avengers? I mean, we saw that on Kimmel, like the cast did family. Feed. Oh, that's true. So I feel like that's a close enough approximation of like how they actually would be. <laughs> I think we just watched a family feud. Yeah. In Black Widow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was ha- like the, the we didn't get Clint, but we did see the tic-tac-toe and the um, hangman in the in, in the subway station there in Budapest. So that, that was cool. Um and the last one I want to point out, then I'm going to let Jenna take the rest of these, is that Crimson Dynamo and Ursa, members of the Winter Guard, were both named. And he also, after Red Guardian broke uh, Ursa's hand, his wrist in the jail and the arm wrestling, he called him the Big Bear. He's like, oh, the Big Bear's crying. So uh, uh, Ursa Major is a big giant mutant bear who is often drunk in the basically the Russian <laughs> Avengers, which is the Winter Guard. So... Certainly some nods to the Winter Guard, but we do have to wrap up because Jenna and I have this yes. interview coming up. So we're um, going to run through these quick. Yeah, I also, so you have it in the notes and I, I loved this, that Alexi really believes that he knows Captain America, even though the timeline does not make sense. There's no reason for him to know that. Like he was under ice the whole time. I just love that detail that he he does think he knows Captain America. <laughs> um, and then the face masks from Winter Soldier are charging Melina's closet when we're in that scene. I thought that was a cool little nod. Um, what, and then we talked about it earlier, but when when Natasha gets Drakov to crack, she's using the same technique as what she did with Loki. Um, and then when Yelena drops in from the ceiling, like Natasha and Iron Man 2, I loved the whole through line of the you're such a poser. And I, I saw a thing this morning that like that was added to the script after like Florence pointed it out, which makes that so much better to me. I love because that. Because it's like it, I love that we addressed that because in just her little response when she does it, and she's just like, ew, like that was just so great. Um <laughs> 
And then like, I know, I know Jamie will have thoughts on this too, but like the, the whole through line with the vest just made the me pockets. so happy. The pocket. <laughs> that, like I was talking with Nicole, our coworker after we both watched it. And then it's like this, this movie understands women in such a unique way because it's like the first piece of clothing you're going to buy yourself has pockets. It's like, that is so on brand. So I, I loved that whole through line and I'm glad that it was a nice, like sweet thing and wasn't like, Oh, Yelena died and Natasha's wearing this or, Oh, they've swapped bot. Like they've swapped faces and Yelena is an in infinity war. Like I like that it was just a thing that they like passed on to each other. I thought that was so great. cute. Yes. Speaking of, I uh, kind of off topic, but I really thought Rachel was going to die. I cannot mm-hmm. believe that woman survived that movie. <laughs> I, I'm uh, very pleased about it, but truly shocked. I thought for sure she was going to die. Listen, after what she did to that pig. Yeah, uh, that was horrible. Uh, I know. That was tough. That was tough. That was tough. You can, you can beat up people. You can wipe out half the universe, but as soon as you mess with an animal on screen, I get, I get triggered. (laughs) That pig was just like, I'll I'll die for you. (laughs) 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 All right. So we're going to wrap up the show. Uh, Thank you for joining our bonus episode. Jamie, any uh, final thoughts on black widow you'd like to share with the world? I'm just glad it's here and we're all enjoying it and it lived up to expectations. And I can't, I'm just, I'm It's just, I'm just so happy for Scarlett Johansson. She deserved to have this one song um, more than anyone. And that's just great. Aaron, any final thoughts here? Um, it's just a good start to getting back to these movies and these projects being on big screens. I mean, like a lot is riding on this movie like a ton like the entire like oh boy we'll be able to go back to theaters was riding on this movie it looks like it's going to be fine which is awesome and the movie's awesome so everybody wins <laughs> 13.2 million dollar preview night that's more than deadpool iron man 2 guardians of the galaxy 1 uh, a lot of movies a lot of people are going to the theaters to see this and it's available at home so that it, this movie is a success so far jenna any final thoughts here I agree completely with Aaron. I feel like when this movie was initially announced, I was like, why isn't this ending phase three? Like this would be a good way to just wrap everything up. But I think the way that it unfolds perfectly sets up phase four and like where we're going in terms of movies and just the way that they're approaching characters in these movies. So it exceeded my expectations in every single way. And like, I'm seeing it tomorrow afternoon and I am genuinely so excited to like go sit in a theater and watch this again. So I'm just so happy. Yeah, there's there were it felt so good to be in a theater last night, seeing so many people wearing like Marvel shirts, knowing like we all have something in common. We're all excited to be here and just see it on a big screen. I, I loved that. Uh, and I'm really happy for all the people who are getting to do that safely uh, with vaccines in their arms and uh, yeah, people who can't who get to watch it at home. I hope you're enjoying it as well. So. Listen, we got three more Marvel movies this year. We're, we're halfway through 2021 and we still have three more movies and three more shows and the Loki finale on Wednesday. We're eating. Phase Zero is thriving and that's because of the listeners and my amazing co-hosts. So thank you all very, very much. We will see you all on Wednesday. If you want to talk more, you can hit us up on Twitter. Use hashtag Phase Zero. You can hit us up on all of our handles, which you see on the screen at Summit Lake Hornet for Aaron, at Jamie Cinematics for Jamie Jurak, at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn for Jenna Anderson, at Brandon Davis BD for this goofy, weird host who never shuts up. And this is my cue. That's our bonus episode. See you on Wednesday for the Loki finale and a deep dive into Black Widow with its writer, Eric Pearson. See you there.